couple of choices. Uh, you can uh, email us up front at WNRI.com. I'm going to turn on my little trusty uh, iPad here in the studio and um, bring up that page where uh, emails come in. And you can, um, you can shout out to us and say something real nice. And uh, we'll ignore something real bad. And um, <laughs> also, uh, you're welcome to call at 7690600, and we'll uh, chat with you uh, on the radio right here on the program. So uh, those are a few choices. And um, I didn't intend to kind of bring this topic up, but just before we turn the microphones on for our broadcast audience, um, I think we were mentioning uh, that there were winners and losers, right, uh, in this uh, situation. You were talking about about the uh, high-tech people like, um, I guess, um, uh, who who runs iCloud? Uh, who, who, what is that? A, is that a company that runs that? Is that the name of the company? Or? Uh, well, iCloud is tied to Apple. That's what, what, what they call it. Mm-hmm. But the cloud computing is basically backing up. I think mm-hmm. the easiest way to explain it is, say you got 5,000 pictures on your computer and if something happens to that computer, you'd lose all the pictures. Well, you have the ability to have them stored by another company. It could be Apple. It could be Microsoft. It could be Amazon. They're three of the bigger players. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you actually have virtual computing where that is backed up. So iCloud is more a general term uh, to uh, cover uh, the uh, the companies that actually offer the service. Right. I, iCloud is tied to Apple. Uh, cloud computing, basically cl- the cloud is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And there, again, those companies that have it are, you know, big a- Amazon is, is huge in it. Microsoft is huge in it. And, and Apple's huge in it. So if something happens to my computer at home and I lost pictures, documents, things like that. They're all backed up on the cloud. Well, it's nice for an individual to have that. It's critically important for a corporation to have that. You hate to have a small credit union lose all of their records on the computers and not have them backed up. So that's becoming more and more important. And there are winners and losers Mm -hmm. um, on the coronavirus. And one of them is you know, and again, when I mention these companies, they're not recommendations to buy or sell a stock. I'm talking about specifically what the companies are doing. But Microsoft is on a tier right now for their stock price, and a lot of it is their cloud computing, which is up 300%. Amazon is attacking this both ways. They've obviously got the delivery, and people are not going out as much, and they have businesses up where they're hiring thousands of people, but they also are in the cloud business, and that's a big part of what they do. As a matter of fact, they're suing the uh, government, United States government, because there was a $10 billion cloud project that was awarded to Microsoft, and Amazon believes it's because the President of the United States uh, hates Jeff Bezos and hates Amazon and hates the Washington Post. So, they, which which is which is all true. So the question is, the ten billion dollar question is, did it play a role in who got the account? And ten billion dollars uh, is still a lot of money in my world. So one of the winners, um, we had winners and losers in this whole uh, business of of the virus, are the the tech companies, certain tech companies that are offering services that people are uh, are. Uh, being drawn to and of course a lot of people are watching a lot of extra television and um and they need they're watching it through the internet even though they're watching it on their tv set most people are not watching over the air tv they're they're pulling it in 
um, by another uh, way, especially if they're using Netflix or mm-hmm. uh, or if they're using Amazon Prime or Hulu or some of the other. And that takes bandwidth. And bandwidth, is that's not free, is it? It, it is not free. <laughs> nope. All right. So And, and if, if, if I may, yeah. um, talking about some of the other direct winners is uh, Johnson & Johnson came out yesterday, and they're working on a vaccine that they're going to start testing in September uh, for the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Gilead out of um, California, who are also working on uh, basically an antidote for, uh, for the virus. So, and just coincidentally, I feel like bringing out the fact that both of those are American companies, and American ingenuity is going to... Uh, end up taking care of this problem if we can just hang in there. And talking about ingenuity, uh, taking a look uh, locally, uh, for instance, at the Brico company, they, uh, before the coronavirus, were making blankets and um, and also pots of military uniforms uh, like the berets and so forth. And, and that certainly was needed and, um, and so forth. But they were able to shift, um, or they are shifting gears, and manufacturing a product related to the virus. Same thing with Honeywell. Now, Honeywell has a manufacturing plant here in Woonsocket at the corner of Railroad and Arnold Street. That is not the plant that's uh, being uh, converted to to making uh, things related to the virus, but the Smithfield plant is. And so you can see this ingenuity. uh, And GM and Ford... uh, making cars, and, and and they're going to make devices. And I was watching, previous to all this, I was at the gym like uh, maybe six weeks ago and on the History Channel and was watching the uh, history of um, the the motor vehicle uh, mm-hmm. industry in the United States and, and how we stopped making cars during World War II. And those same plants, GM and, and Ford and... Um, and uh, Chrysler at that time and a number of others uh, turned to making tanks and, um, and vehicles um, uh, that uh, could uh, go in the water and um, amphibious, amphibious vehicles and so forth. Point is that um, you, you've got the, the word you use was ingenuity and, and there's a lot of that going on. And uh, hopefully that'll help us uh, get out of the woods. Yeah, the other week I'd watched this movie called Ford vs. Ferrari and it was about the battle that they had to race car supremacy in the late 1960s and uh, Henry Ford II in the movie pointed out to uh, a visitor that, hey, we can handle this. You see that big building over there? That building during World War II was making tanks. So we we have American ingenuity and we have what it takes. And uh, it's funny, now you bring it back to today, as you mentioned, uh, General Motors is making uh, ventilators, mm-hmm. and uh, it was difficult for me to see a public peeing contest between two of my favorite people, Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors and the President of the United States, and uh, the President called her out in a tweet, and I don't know what happened, but basically he had said that GM is trying to make a killing on this and that they're, they had uh, offered to have 100,000 ventilators and they're going to have 4,000 in April. And all of a sudden, in this press conference on Sunday, he says, oh, no, Mary's great. GM is great. So <laughs> something must have been resolved uh, that we don't know about. But You're on the Upfront program. And uh, let me uh, tell you that we have a telephone number here. And uh, it is 769-0600. And if you would like to call in and participate in today's program... Please call in 
and participate in today's program. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll take your call and we'll chat with you about whatever you'd like to talk about. Right now we're going to uh, have a few of uh, messages from our sponsors. Matthew and Nell invite you to drop off your laundry at M&M Laundromat. We wash, dry, and fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. And of course, you can use our top loads, front loads, and super load washes and do it yourself. And we can accommodate smaller, oversized loads. Enjoy the flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you wait. Commercial accounts are welcomed, including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washes of up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 50 pounds. M&N offers free pickup and delivery for seniors in the high-rises, nursing homes, and other housing complex. 10-pound minimum weight. Have a question? Call 769-9661. Husband and wife team of Matthew and Nell Vasnesian invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. And we want to remind you that the uh, Roast House Restaurant is open three days a week, uh, but they are not open today. Uh, but uh, they will be open again on uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We um, decided for the safety of our staff and our customers and the public that um, we would be closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then reopen on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. for takeout orders only, including their fish and chips. Very popular this weekend, I'm told by George. Customers are asked to call ahead at 508-883-7700 or order, order online at roasthouse.com. Both locations, Blackstone and Pawtucket. Thank you for your support this past weekend from the management and owners and the gang at the Roast House. And a lot of people were comfortable going in there and sitting down and enjoying a nice dinner or lunch. That will come back, but uh, please, um, please bear with us. Now, here's another um, another announcement from Woonsocket Tax Services on Front Street in Woonsocket, in compliance with the governor's regulations amidst the uh, current health crisis. We are going to be restricting traffic uh, in and out of our office to staff only, effective uh, tomorrow, April first, at Woonsocket Tax Services. We will continue to work our normal tax season hours inside inside the office, answering your questions via telephone and email, completing and assembling returns, and processing payroll. We are unfortunately canceling all appointments currently scheduled. Woonsocket Tax Services will be in touch with those affected to work out alternate arrangements. We are able to accept your tax documents via mail, fax, or through the secure lockbox located just to the right of our front door on Front Street. Please call our office with any questions you may have about dropping off your tax documents or getting your completed return e-filed. Thank you in advance and uh, for your patience uh, with us as we navigate these, well, a lot of people have been using this phrase. I think it's a good way of phrasing it. Uncharted waters. And for your continued support and business. As a small local Family-owned and operated business, we know that um, you will understand. Woonsocket Tax Services, Front Street, Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And that is um, their announcement. And uh, let me see what else uh, I have here on my uh, sheet before we uh, get back to uh, 
the Upfront program, and that is the Beef Bond. Both locations in Bellingham and North Smithfield open for takeout. Full menu available, pastrami and roast beef is sold by the pound in case you want to make your own sandwiches at home. You can do that if you want. Grubhub delivery is available from the Beef Bond. We'll open this morning at 11, close tonight at 8. We're also selling Village Haven Famous Cinnamon Rolls. Both locations, $6 for a bag of a half dozen cinnamon rolls. And we had some at our house, and they are delicious. We picked them up at the Beef Bond, and they are just uh, super duper. And just like you'd get at the, the Village Haven. And the reason they're selling Village Haven cinnamon rolls is the Village Haven uh, ownership decided to close down until this whole thing clears up. Rather than try to do the takeout and, 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 and the other things, they just said, no more. We are uh, taking a break. And so that's exactly what they're doing right there at um, the Village Haven. But those great cinnamon rolls are available right now. Yep. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Chris, have you been able to uh, listen much to uh, the governor? I, I have. I, I, I've listened to her quite a bit. And, you know, yeah, you kind of worked into what I wanted to talk about next was basically the um, unprecedented for us uncharted waters. And you brought up the, when you did the commercial for um, for Kays, you had the situation where you talked about it being uncharted waters, which I think is more appropriate than unprecedented. And this may not be a popular view, but I'm going to share it anyway, is that it's been tougher times. We're we're just kind of wallowing in this situation. It's a tough situation. But I think back, I got a love of history, and that's from Mr. Poitras and my brother and David. Mm-hmm. I probably love history more than most people, and I think I know a little bit more about history than some. But I think about you know what the Londoners had to go through in World War II, where they were being bombed every night, and they had to go into um, they had to go into the subways, and they didn't know if they were going to be invaded or not. We see a light at the end of the tunnel. We talked about it. Some of the companies that are just doing incredible things, Johnson and Johnson and Gilead, and many other companies that are pushing forward. We can see a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not fun. It's not part of. It's affecting everyone's life, but we will get through this. And when the governor says we're heroes for so staying on the couch, I, I think uh, it's kind of crossed the line. And also, when the governor speaks, you know, she's doing a, a relatively good job, but she says, I'm not, I want you not to be afraid. I want you to be confident. Yet everything she rattles off, we have another death from coronas. We have another illness. Um, we have an, another cases going. And she's hopping on that to, to, to uh, too much. So I know what she's trying to do. She's trying to scare people into staying home and, and, and basically have the social distancing. But you, you can be scared. And if you... She's not careful with her wording and the way it's delivered. So I don't want to be super critical because she's out in front of this and she's trying to do her best. But I don't know if anyone agrees with me. We'd like to hear from you. But she's not choosing her words carefully. And the message she's giving, I I think, is a little filled with too much negativity. And uh, that doesn't do well for me. I'm not going to disagree with you. But uh, this is the second time I mentioned this. Last night, ABC News, David Murrah. I don't know if he's got an acting background uh, or what, 
but the newscast was dramatic. And it was um, uh, compared to Gina, and I, I don't disagree with a word you said. It was um, a, walk in, a walk in the park. <laughs> this guy here was so, I mean, I, I was getting uncomfortable watching the newscast. And um, if there's anything uh, that um, um, I, I'm, I think we got to know what's going on. But what happens is that the pockets of us, of Seattle and Los Angeles and Detroit, Chicago and New York City, those are the big pockets. Um, that was all what their story was about. And so you get the feeling that that's, that's everywhere. And maybe it will be everywhere. So I'm, I'm not quite sure if it's responsible journalism or, um, or whether I'm, um, you know, just a um, milk toast uh, type of person or whether um, it's, um, it's uh, over dramatic. Anyway, I call it over. You may have an opinion. Uh, that's what the show is about, incidentally. I think we just got to be careful to fall into this victimization. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. And just take a step back and think about <clears throat> what your grandparents or great-grandparents had to go through in the Great Depression mm -hmm. and what they had to deal with. And then, you know, again, Europe and, and, uh, and World War II and, and having planes bombing your house and having to go for shelter and not knowing if you're going to be invaded. We can see a light at the end of this tunnel here. And I think I just want people to be more optimistic and confident. Obviously, be careful, but just don't let this undo you a little bit from the news conference yesterday the governor on um uh well will we uh will we reopen the economy in rhode island when can you do that yeah it's very difficult to say here's how i would um because it depends on how well people continue to do social distancing and how well we kind of clamp down on our social interaction. If we do that, we can level out the spread of the curve. If we don't, then it's just going to be more difficult, take longer. Before reopening the economy, I would want to see things like, um, you know, uh, hospitals having adequate capacity. So right now we're spending an awful lot of time trying to figure out how to Put capacity into the system. You know, we're thinking, where can we get another 1,000, 2,000 hospital beds? So before I could even think about reopening the economy, I'd have to see the hospital census back to some sense of normalcy and making sure that we have plenty of um, capacity in the system. And there are uh, 41 people in the hospital in Rhode Island, at least as of uh, the 1 p.m. news conference uh, yesterday. And there are 13 hospitals in Rhode Island with various uh, bed capacity. Most people going to Rhode Island Hospital. Uh, but they're saying, um, don't go by those numbers because there's, quote, unquote, the surge coming. And the surge means, uh, it's another way of saying that it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that's um, something that, um, you know, you, you can dismiss it or you can say, uh, well, look what happened uh, in some cities. They've already had their surges, and then they've they've started to um, started to recover. Uh, the cities in an international capacity. All right. So, if you have an opinion, it's uh, welcomed here at WNRI. I have a question for you, Mr. Boulay. So, um, the stock market. Um, I can't get over how 
un, people are not paying attention to it. Um, uh, so does the stock market open every day? And if it is, is it is it all takeout orders? Uh, <laughs> all electronic. Well, interestingly enough, the New York Stock Exchange differentiated itself from the NASDAQ because the NASDAQ started in the early 70s. It's all computer driven. Uh, up until very recently, there were floor brokers to make sure there were orderly trades in the New York Stock Exchange on the floor, and they, they've actually uh, stopped that. So um, it's back to electronic. Mm -hmm. so, that, so that's scary if you're a trader. Do, do they really need you? And the traders, I think they need them when there's a lot of volatility. But we are having the, you know, today is the end of the first quarter. It will be the worst uh, first quarter in the history of the stock market. So, and we've had times before, I, I sent you this chart um, regarding the SARS sell-off in 2003 uh -huh. and the Zika sell-off in 2016. We have been here before. Maybe not to this degree, but we have been here before. And I think right now at the stock market, there's a realization that they too, investors can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you want to sell these shares at this price when you can see a $2.2 trillion stimulus, basically 10% of our GDP propping up people, propping up businesses. So you're seeing the market reflect on that and you're seeing it come back a little bit and we, we don't know what the future is going to hold but history shows us that it, it will recover so we're going to see and I think people are smarter than me people, economists who are following, they're going to see a V-shaped recovery, that's what they're seeing a tremendous retraction uh, in the second quarter of GDP because as I drove here You've got a bowling alley that's closed. You've got restaurants that are closed. You've got a gym that's closed. You've got a, um, an amusement park that's closed. So surely, surely those things are going to hurt the economy. But I think there's a thought that, again, and I'll say this for the fourth time, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We've got uh, science working our way, and we've got the government doing the things that they need to do to prop up the economy. So... That's kind of my take, and you're seeing it right now in the response, and we'll see what the future holds. I have two more questions for you. I'm going to give you both questions at once. You can answer them one at a time. I hope you would. Uh, a profit-taking. I was hearing the other day uh, in a news report, it was just a 30-second report, oh, the stock market was, um, was uh, down today and prop, uh, was up today as profit-takers were taking their profit. Are there... Are there people who had uh, big amounts of cash uh, being able to take advantage of this and, and, and make a, a little money? And, and good for them if they are, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Is that bad for the market? No, it's, it's not bad for the market. You've got traders and you've got long-term investors. And most of my clients, 99% of them are, are long-term investors. They're not traders. But, yeah, you've got hedge funds. And we've talked about this before. When the market was going up 150 points a day, there was no volatility. When you have tremendous volatility, a lot of this is computer driven and there are hedge funds and other other folks that are traders that are, are making money on this and that's really the way it goes as a matter of fact you don't want to have extreme they talked to the sec commissioner i think it was yesterday or the day before no, it was yesterday and they don't want to be in short selling short selling is you profit on a stock that goes down and in rare instances they've actually prevented it and I don't remember them ever preventing it on the United States stock exchanges. And I think that's un-American and, and hurts the – it helps you short-term, but it hurts you long-term. And so that has been pushed aside. Even in 9-11, you're sitting there watching the market go down by hundreds and hundreds of points every day. And there were people who their patriot, patriotism was, was challenged because they were making money as the economy was sinking. And – 
people are pretty much going to put their profit motives first. So I get the impression there's a small sliver, sliver of um, quote-unquote investors out there who wait for opportunities like this to come in, and, and that's how they make their living. All right, we Is have that true. Oh yeah, we, we we we. I guess it's our weekly mention or biweekly mention of uh, Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sitting; his business is sitting on a, over a hundred billion dollars in cash, mm-hmm. and he's very very disciplined. And he saw these prices for companies being extremely high, and he was outbid for a company. Doesn't matter; the name will come to me. But he had bid five billion dollars, and the winning bid was five point three billion, and three uh, three that difference is nothing to him in his business but he wasn't going to pay a dollar more so what you'll find i believe when he has to release the stock positions that he's taken in the first quarter he's going to be i think his company's going to be buying like crazy mm-hmm. right now and they're like xyz company was too high at 120 i love it at 80 and those are the kind of people who make long-term money and my second question Related right down your uh, alley here is um, last week I was hearing, and I I think um, Chris Boulay sends me a, a lot of interesting emails about um, about the news items that I'm able to use sometimes in the morning show, and also sometimes when he isn't here. I appreciate that, incidentally, if I might drop that in. But um, what about politicians and inside trading? Were there, <laughs> were there a bunch of do, – do, do we have some Democrats and, and, and Republicans? Is, is this rumor or is it so? That is a great question. And I, I got a text from a good friend uh, a couple minutes ago uh, bringing up that topic. And, yes, that's on my list of things to do. Believe it or not, insider trading from congressmen and was only made illegal in 2012 – called the Stock Act of 2012. So before that, it was like Harry Truman said, you, you show me a politician that got rich in office and you show me a crook. I don't know if I believe that, but that was his comment. And you find it interesting when a congressman's only making $179,000 a year and all of a sudden they retire after 20 years and they're worth $25 million. So there was a time where it was, it was unethical, but it wasn't illegal for a congressman to profit on the inside information. So, Diane Feinstein, who's 83 years old and it's worth $80 million. She is a senator, the senior senator in California, the very senior senator. She's been there for a long time. Senator Richard Burr and Senator Kelly Loeffler are all under fire for having made trades right after they were briefed about the coronavirus in January. And they released that information publicly as they have to do that. And people are questioning did they have and profit on the inside information? And I've got the answer what, what they should do, but yes, uh, Diane Feinstein, Richard Burr, and Kelly Loeffler, senators, all are under fire for p- potentially avoiding losses and getting gains because of their inside information. And is there any penalty uh, other than, um, than uh, uh, well, shall we say, uh, reporting them and making them look bad here on the radio? No, uh, yes, there is, because they're under the same auspice of, as you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a particularly strong fiduciary duty not to trade on any inside information. That's a no-no, and that's just something you don't spit in the wind and you don't do that, and some people have done that. So they, the SEC can now look at this and say, why did you make those trades? And my answer is, not to be self-serving, but somebody of Diane Feinstein's wealth, her and her husband, you know, approaching $100 million, they should not be doing their own trades like that. They should have an investment advisor that gives them a buffer. Now, when you have a blind trust, quote-unquote, does that protect you? 
Uh, it should because what happens is a blind trust. Every president um, that I can remember, it's been a long, long time. They set up a blind trust because you can go on and tweet and change the market. The president made a comment. Uh, who's the CNN guy he hates? Um, I guess he hates them all. Yeah. Uh, Acosta, yeah. Yeah, Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta. Yeah. So, so Jim had created a question. And uh, the president uh, said, you know, you're a crying wolf. You're trying to make people scared. He goes, I could do a much better job than that. I'm in a much better position to do that. So if you think about it, a tweet from the president or any president in the future could actually tank the market or do something else. So every president has a blind trust where somebody else is investing the money and they don't know what's going on. Let's grab a quick call here on the Upfront program. What's on your mind today? Morning, Roger. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Uh, Chris, um, the American Fed and the American Central Banks were bailed out by the American people uh, just recently in recent uh, times. Uh, the American people bailed them all out. And I think this time it's time for the American people to be bailed out by the American Fed and the American Central Banks. What do you think? Well, one of the things that has happened is that there's something for the stimulus bill that I like. So I'm going to talk about what the bill contains that I like. It's not a ton of money, but every American with certain income limitations is going to get $1,200. They're going to get $500 for each child. And they're probably going to be in the hands of the American people within three weeks. That's one thing that is thought of, is thought about they had mentioned that during the crisis of 2008 2009 it would have been better to send every american ten thousand dollars and don't bail out the companies because the people would spend that money we couldn't do that this time in my opinion because there's such a demand shock well you can be sitting here and the united states of america can send you ten thousand dollars but if you can't go to k's and have dinner there uh, and sit down or go anywhere else then you, you it's a demand shock so that's one issue. But the, 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 the government also, in the stimulus bill, kind of did some things that I didn't agree with. If you get money from the United States and your, and your, uh, your company, you can't buy back stock for one year after the loan is paid off, which I don't have a big issue with. The secondary issue I have, which is awful, I think, is you can't pay a dividend. So what happens, that's going to, in my opinion, is going to make the markets unstable because if you short a stock that we talked about five minutes ago, you have to pay the dividend for that stock. So if the stock is paying 5%, you better really be right when you short that stock because you have to pay 5% five, 5 of the juice every time. So I don't know if that's your answer. I'm going to stop there and let you make sure that I answered your question. Well, here's, here's what I'd like to see, Chris. Uh, I'm going to give you some thoughts, just the thoughts to think about and see what you think of them. How about instead of usury loans <clears throat> by the Fed and by the banks, <clears throat> we give out grants to business and to uh, uh, corporations just for a short period of time, maybe a year or two, <clears throat> and then we adjust those later. But I would like to see grants instead of usury. I think that would be a big blessing to us. I, I think they are, though. My, 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 uh, uh, I think they're putting for small businesses, I think there's $25,000 grants and loans that they're doing. Okay. 
And uh, also, how about uh, your thoughts on forgiveness of debts through uh, companies and corporations? Uh, just to give them a clean slate, because we're facing something that's uh, never been uh, faced before. And I think uh, the forgiveness of debt or a clean slate to get uh, started with would be a nice conjunction with the uh, uh, the, uh, the loans that are being given out. And well, then later on, mm-hmm. maybe four or five years down the line, you can readjust things. And, and But for the time being... I think that all uh, debts should be forgiven. I think it's a, a, a very good thing in, in conjunction with grants. In other words, no interest loans or no no loans at all, just grants. I think the loans are the thing that uh, would uh, put the noose around our, our neck. I want, I want to make sure I understand your premise. So all loans forgiven. So if, ex, if somebody owes $10,000 to the bank, you, you want that loan forgiven? Well, I mean, it would be a nice thing to get a clean start for these uh, businesses and corporations because uh, unless that happens, uh, there's going to be a lot of confusion down the road. And also, I just want to join in with that thought, uh, the thought that if we've learned anything, that we've learned that we're in a global uh, situation, a global economy, and... uh, wouldn't it be, uh, I don't know how you would go about this, but some kind of a global currency, I think, would eliminate a lot of confusion. Now, I don't know all the intricate dealings of something like that, but I think that the currency is where the confusion is in between these company, uh, countries. It would solve a lot of issues. Uh, as far as uh, I, I get the term they use on the stock market channel, uh, uh, I, I can't think of the term. But uh, it, it's, uh, it would be a uniform set of uh, exchange around the world for currencies to make it much, much smoother and less confusion. Your thoughts, Chris? Well, I don't think there's much confusion right now because over 90% of all world trade is settled in U.S. dollars. So I don't think there's that much trade. But I'm not sure how the forgiveness of debt would work. I think, with all due respect, I think that would destroy our economy. You got, you got J.P. Morgan Chase that has two trillion dollars of, of loans on its balance sheet, and if they were to forgive those, they would be out of business, and then the FDIC would have to bail everyone out. And the, the reason why that the banks were bailed out is because it was much cheaper to bail them out than to pay the FDIC insurance. And a little bit of history here. Uh, I'm uh, old enough to remember uh, the Marquette credit, uh, uh, the banking crisis in Rhode Island. And we basically lost all our money um, for at least for the time being at Marquette. A lot of it was on deposit there. And so we had to go the traditional way, uh, Chris. We went the traditional way with an SBA loan that had no forgiveness um, attached to it. So the question is, did we survive? Well, yes. Um, we got the loan. It carried us over. And then um, we began uh, the, uh, the payback uh, provisions. Was it fun? No, but it was a loan. And uh, would it have been nice if uh, we could have gotten it forgiven? 
Well, yeah. Uh, it would have been nice uh, for us not to pay it back, but somebody gave it to us in the first place. So um, um, I, I, I love uh, grants. I think they're wonderful, and I'd love to get a grant and... And and so forth, but I I know that Grant somebody's paying. You know the the governor gets on television free Wi-Fi, free internet, uh, free everything's free. No, I mean I I think it's great that they're getting it, but uh, it's costing somebody something. Sorry, sir. No, that's uh, that's good. Hey, I'm just giving yep. these these mm-hmm. ideas for thought. Uh, right. you know, oh, you know, oh, no, no, we, we appreciate it. Your calls are always yeah. welcome. And, right. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right, the call is deeply appreciated. We just, uh, you wanted our feedback, you got a little bit of it. Anything else uh, before yeah. we move on, sir? That's it, Roger. Thank you very much. And Chris, thank you very much. You thank, betcha. And thank you for the courtesy of your phone call. We appreciate that. And we will give you that phone number again, 7690600. We'd love to hear from you. We uh, do the upfront program. And guess what? Um, Dion's Plumbing and Heating is back on the road. Um, Mr. Uh, Ray Dion, the um, owner of the business, um, was out of commission for a few weeks, but he's back. And uh, if you need your uh, heating system cleaned or you're having some kind of an issue, somebody put some uh, handy wipes down the toilet, this is the guy. If you need a plumber, I hope you'll consider Ray Dion, Dion's Plumbing Systems. From Cumberland, serving the greater Woonsocket area, we do residential and commercial work. We work on kitchens and bathrooms, heating systems, drain cleaning. We're licensed, we're insured. Over 30 years experience from Ray Dion, you can expect clean, neat, dependable, and courteous work. So when the pipes burst, think of Dion's Plumbing first. Number to call is 334-6060, Dion's Plumbing Systems. We do bathrooms, kitchens, heat and hot water systems, and all kinds of special work as it relates to plumbing. Dion's Plumbing Systems. Think of us. We'll do it right for you. The wastewater treatment plant of the city of Woonsocket is reminding customers not to flush wipes of any kind into the system. And although the packaging might say flushable, they should never be flushed down the toilet. Only flush the three P's, poop, pee, and paper. Flushable wipes are not truly flushable. They might go down, but they do not break up like regular toilet paper. If you do use paper towels or wipes, throw them into your trash cans. Remember, wipes of any kind can clog our sewer systems and even harm your home's plumbing. The practice of flushing wipes is causing problems at the treatment plant and unnecessary expenses to the city of Woonsocket. This announcement presented by the Woonsocket Wastewater Treatment Facility. The following message is from Kay's Restaurant Woonsocket. We are in uncharted waters at this time. But we thank our local, state, and federal leaders for their efforts in trying to get us back to where we should be. We don't know when that's going to happen, but we pray it happens soon. And during this unfortunate situation, we thank you so very much for coming to Kay's and ordering takeout. But this is a much broader community concern. There are many other Woonsocket area restaurants and businesses that deserve our support. They're the same businesses that give out gift cards and gift certificates to our community organizations. So look around and see what you can do to support our business community. And stay safe and follow the guidelines that officials are offering for responsible behavior. And when it's all over, we'll be better people for it. From the Lahus family, God bless.
We pump it for you. Martinelli and Son, now open at 100 Privilege Street. Full service for your gas purchases. Open Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. We accept all major credit cards, and we also sell diesel fuel. Next time, fill her up at Martinelli and Son, located at 100 Privilege Street. Quick service for your gas purchases. Hello, radio host Wayne G. Barber here on News Talk WNRI. The Authors Hour, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on WNRI. On today's Authors Hour, we'll be interviewing author Kate Manzer. You might die tomorrow, so live today. A brand new wellness book. I just finished reading the book, and I cannot wait to start the interview. The Authors Hour at 9.05. Hello, this is Rick Mernier from the Old Time Preaching Ministry, asking you to join me on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. and again on Saturdays at 4 p.m. for the Old Time Preaching Ministry, where we will study the teachings of the Bible. Take a walk with me through the Old and New Testaments of God's Word, the King James Bible, and together we will learn about the foundations of our Christian faith. I hope you will join me. All right, I hope you will too tonight at uh, 7.05. And I'm just checking my uh, my commercial sheet here because this is our last break of the hour, so I want to make sure that everybody gets mentioned. And uh, the only thing I have left here, two things, a quickie. New Beginnings Food Kitchen, open noon to one today, Monday through Thursday for grab-and-go meals. And all Little General stores are open for your convenience. Our owners and store employees are working diligently to make sure our shelves are restocked daily. We'll do whatever whatever is necessary. Whatever is necessary to um, to make sure that the stores are sanitized and to make sure the stores are safe. And we will weather the storm together. And we are Little General. We just want to thank um, three of our, there are a lot of suppliers, but we want to thank three in particular. Bonolo Provisions for uh, making sure that our meat supplies are stocked regularly. And also John and Lynn Santos, they um, are the makers of our little general bread. And then we uh, want to thank uh, Gorelick Farms, too. Just to name a few of the people who have been very cooperative with Little General to be able to keep those stores open during this very troubling period. Thank you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Mr. Boulay, we have a call waiting, but a few uh, few remarks from you. Um. Oh, I just wanted to remind listeners and that gentleman, uh, I think I want to underscore and emphasize his calls are always welcome. We're going to share our opinion, but Please. he gives a lot of great thought. But I did want to recognize that in 2008, 2009, when the bailout bill was passed, and the automakers, which again are 5% of our GDP, it was very important to keep them going, and the banks, of course. The U.S. Treasury made billions of dollars on this. It was structured really well. I think this one is going to be structured even better because we'll learn from things that didn't go perfectly right in, in 2009. But all the companies that survived, and there were many of them, actually were accretive to the U.S. Treasury, one of the best investments they ever made. They took equity positions in these companies, and it actually benefited the stock, uh, not the stock, it benefited the U.S. taxpayer. So I did want to bring that to the attention. And we let's hold the other comment, and let's take this call. All right. I think I've got all the buttons working. Hello there. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Hello. Good morning. Guys. Excellent. 
good. You know, I, I had just had to call because I, I was uh, doing laundry in the basement and came up and heard a, the end of your last call. And I was listening to Roger's commercial and um, I uh, heard you say, I think for K's, uh, some choppy waters or troubled waters. Uncharted. Uncharted. Well, I think it's more like the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> that we're in <laughs> uh, because uh, these times are really strange as we uh, all know. Right, but the, 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 and I want to get your opinion on this. The, the position I was juxtaposing with Roger is I liked his choice of uncharted waters, mm -hmm. but I don't like the media saying unprecedented because the suffering we're having right now is not fun. But we're not being we're not being bombed by the Nazis and having to go in a subway and having our houses destroyed and, and not knowing if we're going to be invaded by uh, an enemy. So my my point is yes, it's uncomfortable. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We've got these great American companies doing these wonderful things to expedite the cure for this, and I just don't want us to get lost in the fact of this victimization that that we are woe is us and this is awful and nobody's ever suffered like this. Absolutely, you know, and that's where the reality lies. Uh, I, I was thinking also, I, I heard somebody, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was on television saying something of, about, oh, look at this and look at that. And it was, they were commenting on people who post things on social media. And I had a serious concern about that because you can make things look ten times or a hundred times worse. And you don't know who these people are that set up this picture, you know? So I, I'm just uh, warning people not to take everything you see on that extremely seriously. And um, I think it's a good place to hunker down here in Woonsocket because uh, bravo, as you were saying, bravo too, to all of the businesses that remain open and um, like so many other things that we've weathered here in the wonderful city of Woonsocket, you know, we'll get through it. Yeah, you know, before I let you go, I want to hear your opinion because my next topic, speaking of social media, is this um, this middle school uh, teacher. And oh. I'm, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably have a very unpopular position because I'm listening to everyone, and I just feel we might have lost our compassion. Um, what she posted, in my opinion, was offensive and 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 was inappropriate. But do we all? want to be one big mistake away from Rowan? I mean, do we want to take her and put her in the middle of Market Square and stone her? I just, I'm just upset by the lack of compassion. And to me, I'm going to express my opinion, maybe very unpopular, that if she's contrite and remorseful about doing this, then I, I can't see her being fired. I, that would pee me off. Is she contrite? Uh, I don't know, oh, okay. but I'm going to make I'm going to make the assumption if if she's if she's saying no, I meant it, then then that's another issue. But I just don't want a society that we're all one mistake away from from personal ruin. Which I miss comes to mind, you know, uh, and, and a few other people yeah, who a few other people more too, recently yeah, yeah. have lost their uh, jobs over, you know, and big bigger paying jobs than the one she's got. Well, that's a good point, Chris. 
So the thing Mm. is that uh, I don't know this person. I did go online after I had heard yesterday one of the callers, I think on Larry's show, said, oh, you can go look at what, you know, who it is and all of that. And I did. And, you know, like I just said, I'm not a, I, I don't do social media. And so the thing is that I was reading a few things and then I just stopped and I think she's got a history, so I think the real thing is go to the source and find out what she's all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I recommend everybody that can to go look. And one of the comments was that I believe she's had quite a number of uh, jobs in Massachusetts, and it was a very uncomplimentary statement about coming to the uh, black hole of the Woonsocket, or Rhode Island, I should say, to come for here for a job. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think she's got history. She might not have good judgment, but do I think that she should stay? I think that's an extremely offensive uh, statement and... uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people in the city that have gotten worse punishment and lost their jobs over less than what she does. So. We'll see uh, what Mr. Uh, yeah. Mr. School Committee Chairman and Mr. Uh, Superintendent um, and also Mr. Union President um, have to say about this and whether yeah. any action will be taken or whether she'll get off the hook. I don't know. Well, uh, you know, I think we all are uh, aware that we aim for professionalism in one socket, having been an assistant principal in the middle school before when it was uh, toxic in the calls. Uh, you know, that was their uh, hyphenated st- statement, not uh, quotations. And so uh, it is tough, and we don't need people, to me, that are going to not have good judgment. When you, if she before? has bad judgment doing this, what's she going to apply? Well, when, when, you, when, when you made that comment about when Socket being disparaged, I thought you were talking about John DePietro. Mm-hmm. Uh, John no, I, I haven't been listening to John. I think yeah. he's stirring the pot too much. Well, well John, John made a comment yesterday that, and again, I have a microphone. I'm only on an hour or two uh, a week, and we all can say things. But uh, in, in, in calling out this teacher, the Petro said, uh, that's like in Wasaka where they park side by each. And, you know, the guy, the guy makes his living in Woonsocket, and I, I thought it was inappropriate. I thought it was stupid. I think that, you know, uh, especially if we're from the French-Canadian background, we can probably get away with that because it's us, and, and we lived it. But, uh, you know, we say it amongst ourselves and not necessarily broadcast over worldwide radio. Right. It's, it's, again, it's like you're, you're taking this one individual in Wasaka who made a big mistake and then you're mm. expounding it upon that um, everyone in Wasaka is not that smart and maybe everyone in the province is smart. Maybe, maybe John should run for mayor. Mm. Well, and I don't know if this lady lives here because as I mentioned, I read that she has worked in a number of uh, locations in Massachusetts. So I don't know where she lives. So she might not necessarily mm. be from Wasaka. Thank, thank you again for the call. We always appreciate them. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity, gentlemen. And carry on. Carry on. Thank you. And we are on the upfront program. We've got about a minute and a half to go. Any other uh, things that uh, you want to uh, mention? Uh, I uh, I agree with you that the Petro thing was 
was disappointing to me. Yeah, you know? and, and again, we're, we're going we're gonna to be consistent. We're not going to, you know, tar and feather him for, for ridiculing Wasocket because he's got a microphone three hours a day. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and, you know, we're not going to give quarter to the school teacher and then pick on DePietro. He, he just should know better. All right, yeah. But, but uh, as far as knowing better, um, and this has come and went, but uh, there was an editorial in the Providence Journal calling out our governor by calling out New York state plates and using the National Guard and the state police to hunt down people who might have come from New York. It kind of reminded me of World War II when we put, put aside all of, uh, you know, all the Japanese. I mean, it just, it was very ill thought out. It was very inconsistent and it makes her look silly because she's the one who called out President Donald Trump for trying to protect our borders from, from certain people. And then now she's trying to stop interstate commerce. Uh, and stopping state uh, plates from other states. I just thought it was not thought out, and I thought she had smarter people around her to give her guidance. Well, thank you, Chris, uh, for uh, joining us today on the program. As usual, your contribution was invaluable, and we'll see you next time, okay? My pleasure. Bye-bye. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.